0: Today's episode is a special one. Today, I get to introduce you and welcome one of my previous clients onto the podcast. Emily Gower is an inspirational writer, author, and speaker. After overcoming depression at age 19, Emily devoted herself and her life to bringing writing and inspiration to the world. And now she spent more than a decade showing people that it's possible to live an extraordinary life. As the author of 11 published books on the topics of self-help, entrepreneurship, and writing, Emily produced an award-winning blog attracting thousands of readers called Life Travels in 2010, and has worked with Dr. John Demartini on his international best-selling book, Inspired Destiny, in 2009, and also shared the stage with him in 2015. Emily's writings, projects, and speaking presentations have touched and moved thousands of people globally as she inspires people to reach for more. As a winner of the 2012 and 2014 Ant Hill 30 Under 30 Young Entrepreneur Award, Emily has been featured in a range of media sharing her inspirational messages. And now she's inspiring all the dreamers in the world to unlock their greatness and pursue their purpose with her new book, Born Great. Our conversation covers everything from the struggles of what it takes to be a high achiever, getting through hard times while staying on purpose, looking for the blessing in our challenges, sharing your gifts with the world and the obligation that we have to share our greatness, getting clear on your mission that creates undeniable determination, the connection between self-love and money, how to deal with negative feedback, how to give yourself the permission to express your greatness, dealing with comparisonitis and how it stems from a lack of self-respect, charging our worth fearlessly and the confirmations from the universe that we all need to go all in. Let's dive into today's episode and let me introduce you to Emily Gower. The Next Level Life podcast by Christine Corcoran is for all heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to uplevel their mindset, motivation, and business to make a positive and meaningful impact in the world today. So if you love what you do and want to hear from inspiring thought leaders and successful business owners, where we have real conversations and real connections, then this is for you. I want to assist you in finding the clarity and awareness you need to uplevel your mindset and set your soul on fire to take massive aligned action in your business so you can take your life to the next level. Ready to get started? Let's go. Well, I'd love to take this opportunity and warm welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today, Emily. How are you? I'm really, really well. Thank you. <laughs> it's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast today and I'm so excited and I want to say a huge congratulations to you for launching your beautiful book Born Great. Thank you. And thank you so much for sharing your message with us today. It's my pleasure. (laughs) So to get started what I'd love for you to do is to share with us your journey and how you became a professional writer and what Born Great means to you.
1: Whoa, big opening question. Okay, <laughs> so like tell me your story. Um, so I always, I always start my story by saying that writing's been with me my whole life. So I'm a big believer and I guess this is how really Born Great ties into this as well is that I'm a big believer that we're all born with one primary gift that we're here to share with the planet and mine is writing and it's been with me since before I was even born. So I was very blessed to have a mum who my brother was already born who she chose to read to him. So basically through her whole pregnancy with me, she was basically reading to me. So if you can imagine me like, you know, a little fetus Emily, like floating around in the womb and she was really good at storytelling. So she would put intonation and tonality into into the stories, into the books that she was reading to my brother. So if you can imagine, like I was floating around and just enjoying this, I guess, and picking up on the vibrations of her reading. And so I came out into the world determined to write. It was like, I must write. I was writing on the walls of the house with a crayon apparently as soon as i could and my whole life has had that central theme and that calling of of writing all the way through it so my purpose has been with me literally since day dot uh, before i was even a dot ba- barely a dot and so for me the i think it's funny because this actually loops in on itself when you ask me like what does born great mean to me because my career has taken me through many twists and turns like all of us my personal journey has taken me through many twists and turns not all of them comfortable. Uh, and so Born Great is very much I think the manifestation of the greatest wisdom that I've learned about pursuing and living a life on purpose and that's what I wanted for this book because I've been so blessed over the last decade to do so much of what I love and to be able to unite my purpose and my source of income and to have a really remarkable difference on the planet being me and being my authentic self and so when I wrote Born Great it is a beautiful closed loop because the writing of the book is my purpose, but yet the intention of the book is to help others with their purpose. So it's a really beautiful, kind of like it dovetails together really nicely. So if that answers your question, um, it's kind of like the, the nutshell version, but a nice way to describe it because my, like I said, my purpose is to write and the purpose of all great is to help people find theirs. Mm,
0: beautiful, beautiful. And I love that you just shared, you know, that we all have different journeys and we all have those twists and turns and that they're not always comfortable. Mm-mm. And I think that, you know, there's sometimes when we talk about purpose, people can think that, oh, once I find my purpose and everything will be amazing or. Or it's just that I've got to find my purpose and then I'll be happy. But when it comes to living your purpose, it's a whole different story, right?
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, it's a way more colourful journey than most people realise in terms of what it actually takes. And I think more people need to be honest and upfront and transparent about how tough it is at times. Like I'll say, you will keel over crying on multiple occasions or feel like you don't know how you're going to go on and you're going to feel like you're at your breaking point And you're going to hit points where you wonder why you're doing it and you forget why you're doing it. And you are going to have all of this happen along the way. But this is why you need to know what your why is and you need to know what your purpose is because it becomes that guiding light that leads you to the other side of those challenges. And they can be any area of life. I mean, oh gosh, I think all of us have had challenges in all areas of life. And that's going to be true no matter whether we consciously pursue our purpose or not. But I do think, you know, yes, there's a bit of an assumption like I'm going to find my purpose and then everything's going to be amazing. Not always, but your life will have a different undertone to it that will make everything worth it that perhaps it wouldn't have if you didn't follow your purpose in life. And that's the defining, I guess, the distinction between living a life on purpose or not.
0: Mm, mm, absolutely. And is there a, has there been a time in your life where you found that maybe you got to a point where you're like, yes, this is definitely my purpose, but I'm like the twists and turns are taking me in completely different directions and I'm just not sure where to go from here?
1: Um, I've had moments because I'm a bit of a high achiever thing going on. (laughs) I've had that since school Um, and so sometimes I've got carried away with myself particularly in my 20s so I'm now 32 Um, and in my late 20s I was when I founded my company and things got a lot more complicated In my work because now all of a sudden I had to train team and I had to manage top-line revenue and I had to do all these things that prior to that I mean I was just writing before that I was writing and mentoring and I was just making whatever money I made and I was traveling and it was a lot simpler and so then things became I think a little bit more complicated and I did have moments where I went oh god I'm not even writing like this is not okay so if I'm not writing something is wrong like you know I love the quote that says you know a writer not writing is a monster courting insanity (laughs) And it's just that lens, this just comes back to that beautiful, you know, the message that it's so important for us to do what we love to do. So there have been times in my business and in serving clients that occasionally I've lost touch with that, uh, but always found a way to get reminded of that. Mm. That's it. And I think that the
0: purpose doesn't necessarily change, but the way that it manifests does.
1: Absolutely. You have different, many different expressions and different forms of that. I mean, I've seen that through all of my books. They are so radically different from each other that even like the expression of me as a writer, has changed so much and what I used to write about and how I now write and the way I write, everything has changed. You know, it does. And it does do that. And I mean, I've been very fortunate that really ever since I started my business, the services that I've offered to people have remained very close and very, uh, I guess, closely related to my purpose in life. Like, you, you know, come on, helping people publish books. That's so close to my ultimate calling in life or, you know, assisting other people to, you know, fulfill their purpose and their dreams. So I've been really lucky in that sense or really fortunate or really blessed that I'm never too far away from my true calling to write because I'm always being pointed back to it, which I believe we all are, but I've definitely been blessed to have that in my business. It's helped immensely.
0: Yeah. And I think we all go through times where we don't listen to that nudge or we don't have, you know, don't see those synchronicities that are trying to Right. Point us back in that direction and we end up going down different rabbit holes for sure.
1: Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I've never had that. What do you mean? Yes, I get it.
0: (laughs) So would you say like for anybody who's listening, that feels like their purpose has become hard. Mm. Do you say would be a great way to find their their way back?
1: Yeah, I think that's a really great question. And do you know what? The thing that's always worked for me is to come back to the original point of contact where I first realized what my purpose was. So sometimes because, you know, years pass and things happen and relationships come in and out and money changes and everything changes so much and can change so much in such a short space of time that I think sometimes we forget, we forget those moments, those original life defining moments where I said this in born great, where you meet your purpose and it meets you. And so I found in times where I just didn't want to go on or I was really losing perspective or, I was so challenged, or I wanted to throw in the towel or whatever. I just found coming back to that deep love and coming back into my heart space of like, why do I do this? And coming back to the fact that I don't just love to ride, I live to write. Somehow there's some source of strength in that, that I just don't get anywhere else. And so if you're struggling, or if you feel like this is too hard, come back to your why, always come back to the why. Um, you were just saying earlier, you found a quote in Born Great as well, um, that you need your why so that you can fly. And it is corny, but it is actually true is that it's such a source of inspiration and such a source of strength. And when we come back into that heartfelt like connection with why we do what we do, mm. everything becomes possible or at least the next step. Like if suddenly yeah. You go, oh yeah, I know what to do next suddenly. Mm.
0: Yeah. I love that. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, I, I love that as I was reading your book, like diving into, as you then allow yourself to take those actions towards your purpose and to start actually putting energy and effort into it, then all these different opportunities come your way. Can you share some of those synchronicities of how that's happened for you?
1: How different opportunities have showed up? Yeah. Oh gosh. (laughs) It's a great question. I've had so many over the years. Um, I think one of the, one of the ones that really moves me is moment that I got the opportunity to edit a best-selling book for Martini, that was a big one so I've had a lot of little ones along the way and I don't think the little ones are any less valuable like we were just you know talking about I just met a random woman on the bus and started talking to her because of the book she was reading so I've had a lot of synchronicities like that little opportunities that all add up and they have like a cumulative effect and value on your life but I think the moment where I've where I was offered I guess or manifested the opportunity to edit a best-selling book for D. Martini. you know when I was I was like not even 21 years old when that happened it was a very life-defining moment for me that essentially unfolded because I happened to be in one of his trainings I did a lot of John's work especially in my late teens and early 20s I think I spent like 100 days in his courses live over a couple of years I spent a lot of time with John I say it was the university degree that I didn't get And uh, I was in one of his life planning courses and I remember having a moment of, I want to write and I want to help him with his work because his work is amazing. And at that point, I perhaps wasn't so interested in um, or ready to share my own writing. And so I approached him and said, you know, because I found out that someone was writing an article on John for a magazine that I'd already written for. And so then I approached him at the front of the room. I was like, I wonder who's writing that article. And I just remember my heart bursting out of my chest. I was like, I want to do that. that. That that should be my gig. Like I am so inspired by this man and I'm so present with his work and I love to write. And so I put myself forward for the opportunity. And John basically said, hey, I think we'll let Paul finish the article. Fair enough. He said, but we're looking for a team of writers to help us in producing my content. And are you interested in applying for that? And so you can imagine, you know, my jaw dropped and then of course I applied and I happened to be successful at it, which was beautiful. Um, I got chosen and then I was working full time for him within a year. I'm helping him to produce a lot of different content. But I think the focal point of that was really to produce that first manuscript for inspired destiny, which a lot of people say is his best book. And I think it is too, Um, but it was a really beautiful opportunity. And ever since, and here I am like, you know, I don't know how many years, like 11 or 12 years later, like sharing that story. But I was, I built my whole career off the back end of that. Everything unfolded from there. Mm. Um, And then I got offered the opportunity to, you know, write my own book. And then I started mentoring authors and then my whole business unfolded. But that was an amazing moment of synchronicity and opportunities aligning uh, as a result of me being really present with my purpose in life. And that was a big opportunity to have just kind of fall into my lap. But I did, I did step forward and, and put myself out there for it. And he wouldn't have known that I love to write if I didn't tell him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'd love to know, and I'm not sure whether it's something that you can think back to it in the moment, but can you remember, like there must have been so much self-doubt and there must have been so much like imposter syndrome and just like there's no way this is ever going to be a possibility. <laughs> right. But there was something that said to you within that was like, I have to do this. Can you yeah. remember back to it like how you pushed through that or how you...
1: I remember that moment like it was yesterday. Actually, I can remember the feeling because it was such a it was such a life-defining moment that it's like stored in my mind like a movie. It was so intense. So at, when I first met John, I was subordinate is a good word, but not in a he's the best, just that I felt really insignificant. I was like, I was 19 at like 20 years old or whatever. I like had no money. <laughs> it's like just came out of depression, was still coming out of depression. I was like trying to figure out what I want to do. Um, you know, no brand, no fancy website, no email list, no Facebook. didn't even really exist back then. And it was like, I sound really old when I say that, <laughs> I'm not, that's a weird thing to say. Never said that out loud. Um, and so I didn't have, um, yeah, I didn't have anything. So I did feel quite insignificant and, and so I felt tiny. I was standing there shaking, like I was shaking in my space boots, right? I was, I was really nervous but I think what helped me was I just knew because I think because I didn't have, I didn't have anything to lose. Like it was, you know what? And we we think we have something to lose, but seriously, nine times out of 10 when an opportunity presents itself in here and now, you don't have anything to lose. You only have something to gain. So I just knew that. And it was like, because I didn't have a brand and I didn't have a business plan or some crazy idea of who I was going to be in five years. I didn't have that. All I had was that pure, like, this is what I want to do. Come back to my heart. It's like, I love this and I can see a vision of me doing this. And also bear in mind, I had no idea what was going to come out of that conversation. Mm -hmm. It was either going to be, I'm going to write that article or I'm not. And I've got to at least tell him, (laughs) yeah, it was like, that was, it wasn't going to really be a big loss anyway. Um, But I just knew that I wanted to do it. And so I wasn't, didn't have an expectation. I just showed up really wanting to do that. Mm -hmm. And then it manifested something much, 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 much bigger (laughs) manifested out of that.
0: Cause sometimes we can't even imagine what's out there for us. Like we often, and if we hold ourselves back and we keep ourselves playing small by not reaching out for those opportunities and not listening to those soul nudges, we end up, you know, not having those opportunities become bigger than what they could have been.
1: Right. I mean, I'm I'm of the constant belief, and this is true of myself, that whatever we envision our life could be, it could be so much more than that again, Mm. like times 10. And I've experienced enough of that in my life and my career so far to know that whatever ideas I have of how amazing my life could be, is just a drop in the ocean on what it could actually be. And Mm. so I think there's there's a lot to be said for that. Like when you say, you know, going for an opportunity, you don't know what will come out of that. How do you know that the next, the next event you go to, you don't meet your soulmate partner? How do you know that the next you know, client that you work with doesn't introduce you to an even better client? You don't know that. And so there is sometimes so much fear and it keeps us small because we go, oh, no, I couldn't do that because we're thinking about life too in such a linear fashion or this plus this equals this. N- almost never works that way except when you're doing your accounting. <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> I've worked out that linear mostly applies to numbers, but even having said that, there's a lot of magic there too um, yeah. that can't be counted, and so it's just it's not linear like that. And if, you know, thinking that, Oh, if I do this, then this is going to happen. You don't know that. Mm-hmm. Like we can't, we can't predict the future. We don't know that. We, it's just impossible to know.
0: But I think even as, you know, thinking about having an entrepreneurial mindset, even with that mindset of I'm just going to, I've got nothing to lose. Like I'm just going to yes. give you a go. I'm just going to ask. You just never know where that question is going to take you.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's absolutely true. And also true for offering or pitching your services, or asking for a price, like for the price point, a new price point, or maybe there's a new program that you want to release or a book idea you want to explore. You don't know how that's going to go until you do something about it. So I think a lot of us are sitting here. I was just thinking about this yesterday. um, I was just thinking, oh my God, the the amount of value that is sitting inside each and every one of us that is not being shared. We are literally sitting on a Vatican-sized vault of value and wisdom and inspiration and gifts and talents and brilliance and I think, like, half the human population at least is not even going anywhere near that or realising that they have it, I guess, Exhibit A born great, right? It's like yeah, and probably what we're trying to wake up here is to have people realise that they have yeah. so much inside them. So much more,
0: right? So much yes. more inside them. And I think that that really resonated with with me when it came to the book. Like, honestly, that that really comes through as, like, you just don't know what's within you and until you start to take those action steps and soon you start to put yourself in those opportunities, like you just never know where it's going to go but stop questioning that there mm. is anything worthwhile because it yes. is bloody well worthwhile.
1: <laughs> oh, God, yeah, and it's more than we even realise and I think, you know, a big part of my journey and uh, has been realising and approximating that I have that inside of me because I was very shy. Not many people believe this. I was very shy and quiet as a kid. And I was really quite tentative and I had a hard time in school and was really kind of geeky and that kind of compounded a whole lot of issues for me. Um, really smart academically, which only now has become quite cool. As a teenager, that was not a cool thing. It's like the smarter you were, the, the less cool you were. Weird, right? Um, and so I just, but I had a hard time. Like it was only when I started to go into the world of personal development, I fell in love with it. I didn't just go into it. I fell in love with it. found my calling And then I discovered I was a writer. And then I started hanging out with great people. And then I started realizing it. And then I started going, oh, hang on. I'm not ordinary. I'm actually extraordinary. And I was like, oh, hang on a sec. But not in an arrogant, oh, I'm better than him or her kind of way. That's not what comprehending your greatness is about. Comprehending your greatness is about understanding what gift is inside of you that you can make a contribution to humanity with. Mm. That's what it's about. So the world needs us to comprehend our greatness, to understand what our gift is. Otherwise, how can we share it? You know, if we can't see it, how can the world see it? Absolutely. So I think it's really it's really important like to to understand that and like you say we're just we're constantly on a journey realizing there is so much more so much more even inside of us because we don't see ourselves clearly at all like most times we see ourselves as far less than we actually are. Mm. So what do you feel are
0: some of the biggest challenges that people have when it comes to unleashing their greatness?
1: I think that um, really it comes down to a lot of self-love and anything that is standing in the way of that. So self-love has definitely been possibly my greatest mountain to conquer in terms of personal development. but it's for me it's about healing uh, healing shame, healing guilt, healing any comparisons that you think that you should be more like someone else because when you know yourself deeply, and you can appreciate that you've been designed the way you are and that there's value inside of you. When you can appreciate that, your greatness, you can't stop your greatness from coming out in a moment of love. So I've done a lot of personal development over the years, like tens of thousands of hours of it. A lot of that through D. Martini's work originally um, really profound. And his work is designed to bring people to an open heart. So an open heart for themselves or unconditional love for something that happened in the past. And what I noticed is that every time I would come back to a space of an open heart, uh, I would naturally go back to doing the thing that I love doing, writing. So then my mind kind of went, oh, interesting. Every time I'm having a breakthrough personally, uh, it's accelerating my career or it makes me want to write or I get an inspiration to write every time my heart is open. And the more I'm appreciating myself, the more I'm giving myself permission to just let it out. Like, don't hold it in, let it out. And so for me, the self-love and that undertone of of knowing how to open your heart and being willing to open your heart and look for the blessing in a challenge, for me, those have been perhaps the most important pieces that have aided the expression of my greatness so far um, in in life. And obviously, you need to know what you love to do. That's the other piece. But knowing what you love to do is a little bit more of um, an outward expression in terms of knowing, okay, what is my gift? But if you don't love and appreciate yourself as you are, it's going to be difficult to discover the gift. So those two things that are kind of connected is that you love yourself a little bit, you comprehend your gift, and then you love yourself a bit, then you comprehend your gift. You're kind of like on that journey constantly of, of just kind of juggling those two, I find.
0: Mm, mm.
1: But I mean, I, the amount of conversations I'm in with people that you hear them talk and the way they talk about where they are and themselves breaks my heart because they're shrinking themselves. Yeah, And they're thinking that someone else has more than them or they're thinking that, oh, no, they're too humble about their achievements. They're like, oh, yeah, I completely forgot that I generated millions of dollars for that company. I'm slapping my, forehead, my hand on my forehead. <laughs> are you kidding? Like, we just miss it. Like, we're missing the greatest show on earth. Like, we're missing the magic of being who we are and that that is a privilege to do that, mm-hmm. to be that, so.
0: Yeah, and I wonder whether it's an element of... Trying to stay a part of the tribe because if we're surrounded by people who, again, also diminish their own gifts, then if we highlight our gifts, then it can seem that we're trying to top note ourselves. We're trying to, you know, it's a bit of the tall poppy syndrome as well, and it all plays out there for sure. But I think there's definitely an element of also making someone else uncomfortable in your worthiness. Yeah, right. Absolutely. We're, we're constantly taught not to feel worthy, right? We're constantly told we're unworthy in mm-hmm. everything that, you know, in the media and society and everything that we do. And I think there's that element of fighting against that. And I believe that the people who are following their purpose and really going after what it is that they want, they really are fighting against their societal norms in the way that, you know, we are declaring that we are worthy, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think the thing that reframed that for me, because coming from like, oh, I'm not a little bit of a doormat occasionally, but I'm um, being quite shy and being a little introverted and then finding my confidence and coming out um, in that way, <laughs> coming out, funny, funny expression, but we're all kind of coming out of ourselves in some way. But I think that um, one of the biggest fears I had was someone's going to think I'm narcissistic or they're going to think that I'm arrogant or that I'm overly confident or whatever. But then over time, as I saw that when I, when I would take a chance and I would go and stand on stage and I saw it changed someone's life or I would produce a book and someone would tell me that it saved them from suicide, which I've had a couple of times someone say that to me, wow. or they tell me that my writings were the hope that they needed to keep going. Suddenly, I don't give a rat if someone thinks I'm narcissistic for publishing my blog. I couldn't give a damn. It doesn't matter to me. It's so... Um, it's so trivial in context. I don't even I go, yeah, whatever. That's kind of amusing. That's amusing to me that you would think that because for me, I'm on a mission. Like I'm a woman on a mission. And because I'm so clear about that, I don't even, I just laugh. I go, okay, well, that's great. And you know what? If someone sees me as narcissistic, you know, or if they see that, I don't know, um you know, I think I'm better than someone else or whatever it's got. I know internally, I know myself so well, that's not ever the intention. Yeah. And I don't enjoy that anyway. That's uncomfortable for me internally. So I know myself well enough for it not to bother me if someone was yes. to see me that way. That's and that's up to them. It's, it's their well. own stuff, right? Because the, the, the probability is if someone is thinking of you're arrogant or you think you're amazing, blah, blah, blah. My guess is they're probably being super arrogant somewhere in their own life and they're actually tripping themselves up from their own success. And that's okay. I'm happy to remind them of what they need to work on.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: And I think what I, how I like to
0: look at it is that either way you've impacted them, Yes. even though they have had a, you know, quote unquote negative response, you've still actually triggered something in them. Yeah, that's growth. So whether they've read something and it's triggered them, whether they have heard something and it's triggered them, whether they've seen something and it's triggered them, I don't necessarily believe that there was a negative response in it. No. Even though their reaction was a negative response, that's got so much to say about what's going on for them internally. But I believe if it's, has a positive intent, like if you're coming across in a, in a positive intent, which I know for sure that you are and everything that you write and everything that you share has mm-hmm. such a positive intent for the world and you only want to see the best in other people, that there isn't such thing as a negative response to that because I think oh. that it's going to trigger them in such a way that, you know, it may not affect them right here, right now, but, yeah. in, you know, six months' time and 12 months' time, they're going to look back at that and that yes. is still embedded in their brain.
1: Absolutely. And do you know what? Is that one of the other perspectives on this is that, when I look back over the years and I look at my mentors, so the people who were courageous enough and selfless enough to get up on stage, to stand on stage, like that is not easy. It is not an easy job being in a public eye producing content. It's work. I mean, you know, this it's work to do that. So it's not like they they just manifested themselves there effortlessly, you know, they work to be there. But when I look at the inspiration that they provided me and the people that have helped me to rise up and realize I've got more in me, they were the people that stood out. They were the people that, that had the courage to stand on stage, to earn millions. I mean, if they hadn't been there, I wouldn't be here. And actually that opens my heart somewhat going, yes, these people that have, had the, that have given themselves the permission to express their greatness are the ones that unlock it in me and then I unlock it in others and it's this chain ripple effect. So I think my relationship with other people who are perhaps, I don't know, out-earning or, you know, um, not outshining, but you know what I mean? Like they're, they're at a, a greater level of influence. They're inspiration for me because they remind me, don't stay where you are. Keep going, keep growing. So I love that. I personally welcome it. So if I stir that up in someone else, great, good. I'm doing my job.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Love it. And I absolutely love how you connect self-love when it comes to wealth.
1: So uh, yeah. I'd love, <laughs> I'd
0: love for you to share your take on our relationship with money and how it's so connected to self-love.
1: Yeah. Beautiful. I just audio recorded that chapter today. (laughs) so It's super fresh for me. And as I was recording, I was like, yes, this is so good. (laughs) Just acknowledging the magic. Um, It was really profound. So yeah, really great question. I actually think that you can learn all the strategies in the world around money, but until you love yourself and feel worthy of it, Ain't going to happen because you're not going to love yourself enough to take the bold, courageous steps that you need to, in order to set yourself up for wealth. Or like you can have opportunities for wealth and earning flying past the, like in front of your eyes every day. But if you don't value yourself enough to believe that you can have a wealthy experience of life, you're never going to open the door to let the opportunity in, or you're never even going to see it because you're going to be so shrouded by your lack of self-love. So your self-beating or your self-comparison or your guilt or your shame or whatever you know, whatever um, burden you're kind of carrying against yourself, you're not even going to see it, right? So it's not going to manifest. And so um, I've absolutely watched that in my own journey is that what used to be really difficult for a year's income is like a month now. So it's really quite interesting watching that whole transformation that as I've learned to love and appreciate and not just love and appreciate, but respect myself, everything changes. In fact, I think like you can say, like, do I love myself? Hell yes. I wouldn't want to be any other person on like planet earth. I love being me. I'm so fascinating and intriguing to me. Um, I, I love that. I've got such a deep world going on here that I'm like, like a pig in mud. I'm so content <laughs> being me. <laughs> I love that. I'm, it's so intriguing. My mind is such an interesting place to be. And so <laughs> sometimes too noisy, but most of the time I love it. But but it was interesting. So yes, I have the self-love and people sometimes they need that. Like they need to have a look at their past and go, you know what, maybe I didn't do what I thought I should have done, but let me at least look for the lesson in it. Let me love myself for that. So the love is really powerful and that's really the undertone of it. But self-respect is like a it's like the cousin of self-love that is vitally important because for me, self-respect is not just, hey, I see you, you're amazing, I see your gifts, I see your shadow, you're dark, I love you regardless. Self-respect is I see what you've done to get here, and I and I can't help but have respect for you. So it's like if you were to not be you for a moment, like if if you you and I swapped roles for a second, and we saw ourselves objectively from the outside, and we looked at what we'd accomplished and the difference that we'd made and the way we show up every day, dedicated to serving the world. How could you not respect that person? And when I had that epiphany, that changed everything for me around finance. And so I see this like it's so interlinked with the concept of you know embracing your greatness. Because I see so many coaches, so many healers, so many, you know, aspiring writers and speakers devaluing themselves, not respecting themselves, comparing themselves as part of that. I call it comparisonitis, where you're comparing yourself like constantly to other people. And they don't respect who they are. And because they don't respect who they are, they treat themselves poorly. And so they're not eating well, or they're not charging well, or they, they're just kind of the wrong business model, or they're drowning themselves in their company. And I see it so often and I think it really stems out of a lack of self-respect, self-love and so on. So it has a multiple, multiple area uh, effect, I guess, is one is if you don't have the self-love and self-worth and self-respect, then asking for what you want or opening the business you want or charging the fees that you know you're worth, that's going to be incredibly difficult. But then the other side of it is the internal money management. So you can earn a quarter of a million dollars next year, but if you don't have a value on you, you're not going to keep it. So you're not going to save it. So we take 20% off the top of every single dollar that ever comes through my company. 20% of that goes towards my long-term wealth building. That's a that's a definite, we never sacrifice it for something else. That's important. It's critical that that happens. It took me a while to realize that I had to take it off the top, not wait for something on the bottom, right? It's that whole psychology. Yeah. And when I flipped it, it literally changed my finances like overnight almost. It was really quick. In fact, the day I started doing that, I had a client who I was a word of mouth referral rock up out of nowhere, quote unquote, out of nowhere and paid for a retreat I was running in full without even having a sales conversation with me. It's like, okay, that, that I should do this more often with my finance. But <laughs> it was because I started to respect myself, um, not just love and appreciate myself, but also have respect as well. So it has, it really impacts us in two ways. One is in the making and yeah. earning of money. And the other one is in the, the, the self-respect and the self-love to keep the money and invest yeah. the money to take care of you tomorrow.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I am nodding profusely throughout this whole
1: <laughs> Yeah, I know. See, when I was reading it today, I was like, yes, this is so good. (laughs) Funny.
0: And I love how those synchronicities keep continuing to happen because you have raised your vibration to that next level of actually being the person and becoming an entity in that way that money wants to be around more,
1: right? Yes, absolutely. And the money is drawn to it. It's like it's drawn to you. And so it's interesting that even... I guess probably three or four years ago, I had an enormous amount of struggle, like charging what I wanted to charge. And it was, it was terrifying to me. Like, what if I lose them, blah, blah, blah. Fast forward to today. I just, I don't want to work with them. I just say, no, I'm going to pass you to somebody else. And I'm fearless about it. Like fearless because I know who I am and I know what I stand for and what matters to me. And if I'm not working with that client, then I'm going to be working on something else that's equally important, if not more. So I just don't have that today. It's a free, it becomes a free flow. So it's interesting because when you have I think that maybe, perhaps, this is a existential question to think about. It's like the more self love, respect, and worth you have, the less fear you have in your own life because mm. you you trust. Like if you to have self love, for me, I haven't actually written about this. I was going to in Born Great didn't make the cut, but I think it's a a concept perhaps worth ex, worth exploring. But it's like the more if you don't feel like you're worthy of love, then your what goes hand in hand with that is you'll have trouble trusting life. Mm. But if you love yourself, you're going to naturally believe that you're born with some kind of greatness inside you and you're naturally going to believe, you're more likely to believe that life is working on your side than if you don't love yourself. Mm. I know, deep, right? (laughs) I know. See, my mind is going, yes, because I went through a time, a really challenging time in my business where I was terrified and I was so anxious and I was making my body so sick out of anxiety and I was so worried. And then one day I realized I wasn't trusting life and I wondered where I'd lost that. I was like, why did I lose that? And I was like, it's because you lost some self-respect for a while. I was like, ah, oh, got it. And then when that came back, this trust in life came back, and now all kinds of magic has started happening over the last year or so, a um, couple of years, because I've started to open up that my heart to myself. I'm now opening my heart to life, and perhaps those two things are synonymous.
0: Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God, there's so much I can go into with all of them. <laughs> yeah. I totally agree, and I, I can literally um pinpoint moments in my life where that's happened as well, right? And we lose that level of yes. respect. And and I think that there's even like I can think about a client session actually I work with where she had an element where that played out in such a young age that it then played out for the consistency of her whole life. Like yes. crazy how that yeah affects every element right through to our self-love and our, Absolutely. our
1: income. Absolutely. I mean it, it does so much for our for the manifestation and unfolding of our purpose in life when we know that life is on our side and you deeply believe it, you know, you deeply feel it, but you know, cause so for me, like when I, even when I was writing born great, I had, actually, I'll tell you the story. Cause this is really beautiful. Cause you're also also reading the book. There is a piece, like a poetry style piece right at the end of born great it sits after the conclusion. And I wasn't, I didn't write it for the book. So during the writing of the book, I asked for so many confirmations from God, which to me is the universe, the grand organized design, as John calls it. And uh, so I asked for a little confirmation. So I had many moments of like, what am I doing? And can I do this? And I stuck as a writer. You know, I went through all of the human crap that we go through. It's really a lot of fun. It's like a roller coaster that you sometimes can't get off. And so uh, one night, Saturday evening, I asked for a confirmation. I was like, all right, God, oh, Gody, as my mum and I call him. <laughs> It's like, all oh, right, Gotty. It. It's like, I need a confirmation. Um, you know, just confirm for me that I'm on the right path or show me something. If I'm not seeing something, please show it to me. And so I just surrendered and I put it in the hands of something greater. And the next morning I woke up and I rolled over. Um, and as I got out of bed, I opened my phone and intuitively opened Facebook. And at the top of my feed, Facebook had reminded me of something that I'd posted a couple of years ago. So I had written this piece six months before I I wrote the book. And I'm telling you, if you read that, if you read that piece, I didn't even know I was going to be writing Born Great. I certainly didn't know what the title was going to be. But this piece of poetry was, in a nutshell, in two pages, the essence of my entire book, which I was three quarters of the way through writing. And I cried. I was like, that is so beautiful. So I have, every time I ask for a confirmation like that, it always shows up and it's always more magical and more beautiful than I could possibly have mm. have I couldn't have written it better I mean I couldn't have orchestrated that better but that comes from a trust in life and it comes from the fact that I was feeling worthy enough to go hey mm. I need some support and um, to, yes, support from the people around me, but I need support from something much bigger because sometimes I don't know myself as well as the universe mm. knows me. In fact, perhaps rarely. And um, I think that's true for most of us. And so we're constantly like leaning on something that you can't see. That takes a lot of, mm. that takes a lot of courage. One of my friends says to me, Em, you know, you stop playing with the universe. I was like, but it's so much fun. <laughs>
0: <But> <laughs> I think those confirmations come if we're open to them memory and we're actually aware of them when they do come rather than, Yes. You know, I think some people can actually, and I've done this best enough myself in the past, where the confirmation comes and we disregard it or we discount mm. what it actually is.
1: Go, oh yeah, that's nothing. Yeah. I'm like, hang on a second, God's talking to you. The universe is speaking.
0: Yeah, and I distinctly remember having that conversation around raising your prices at that mm. at a certain stage, and there was that fear that comes up, which comes up with everybody who ever gets to that stage of like raising to that next stage and actually yes. um, having a high ticket, you know product that you sell and there was this element of like oh like I could see the internal shifts going on for you and it was like oh yeah actually I am worth that and there was this beautiful moment where you were just like of course why would I not think that I'm not worth that
1: yeah got it and it's like out of respect it was like hang on a second like how have I missed that (laughs) it's like how did I miss that for so long and you know I had actually quite a few experiences where even I had like a challenge you know, resolving something with a client, publishing is not always an easy job. Um, you know, over the last six years, I've seen a lot of things go wrong. And sometimes you're like, you know what, I'm really over this. I'm just going to charge more next time. And so sometimes it's actually the challenge that makes you go, I'm, I'm done with this. And then you're like, I'm had enough of that. And then you get respect for how much work you do to do what you do. I mean, even with Born grade, I was like, damn the amount of work that went into this is Mm -hmm. just insane um yeah it's really interesting but I think you're right about that there is a moment where you go I can't believe I didn't comprehend this before I can't believe I missed it and then there was that confirmation like you literally had a client come to you I think within a week and paid it in full and paid in full and you were just like yeah right (laughs) yeah right and now my fees are even more than that so and I'm cool I'm cool with that too so you know it's like it's great and it just made it just made such a such a big difference um but yeah to have that breakthrough moment sometimes people like oh no I couldn't charge for that And I'm like honey double it (laughs) just do it um but you know it depends on business model and what you're doing but generally speaking yeah absolutely agree with that there's always those moments but but those happen in multiple areas and raising our prices is one of the areas where that commonly comes up in business but there are so many so many um, opportunities for those greatness expansion moments, mm. let's call them, to occur. And it could be in the posting of a personal story on Facebook or it could be sending out an email to your email list. It could be all those moments where this little fear comes up and go, why are you afraid? Because you think you're small? Because you think you're not significant? It was like, let's be done with that and let's actually share what's inside you because people are waiting for this. Like, And usually those people are like one or two people removed from you. And like yeah. They're so close to you. They're all around you.
0: Yeah, so true. Like in oh God, so many opportunities. So I'd love to know, like, is there anything that you learned about yourself throughout that journey of writing Born Great? No. no. If at point, <laughs> if at one, I know there's multiple. It's like no.
1: No, no, it didn't change me at all.
0: Um, actually yeah, before, did. actually before you go yes. into that, can you sure. share? Because I know that you've written eleven books. How is this because you kind of alluded to it earlier, but how is yeah. Born Great different to the rest of the books?
1: Um, so in my mind, I've only really written one because I love Bond Great so much. <laughs> so The others are literally shelved right now. Um, but my first 10, so a couple of them are like multiple author books. And um, one of them was an interview series. So typically it was more like six and a half books. Um, but in terms of my own content, I probably have six or so that were really mine. But I feel like in my 20s, because I wrote all of those in my 20s, I was very largely exploring myself as a writer and working out what I wanted to say, and also building my acumen and my understanding of publishing, what makes a good book. I was practicing out like the things that I teach authors, basically, you know, like structuring and getting better at it. But it was such a deep journey of self exploration that it was interesting because I felt like I was accumulating experience. But then after I went through um, a challenge in my late twenties, it was like the truth, everything, what really, what I really wanted to say came out. So I'd written a couple of books where I went, yeah, that was kind of it. And that was narrowing in on what I want to say. But born great is 100% what I wanted to say that I was looking for the words for like a decade, Mm. (laughs) go figure and kind of getting there in part, but it was also finding out who am I as a writer? Who am I as a woman? What do I stand for? And these are big questions and the writing for me, you know, writing so many books, I mean, a lot of people loved the books that I've already written and some of them are about book writing. So, you know, it's different topics. So people were really moved by it, but I think I was looking for something special in me because I knew it was like, there is a very profound book that's sitting in me and it, it just hadn't quite emerged yet. And so I maybe was accumulating some different experiences and I could not and would not have written born great. Had I not gone through my challenge and my like, basically a near personal Um, breakdown and physical breakdown in my late 20s, um, largely from burnout, um, from doing too much and just from being really, I was really exhausted because I was kind of lacking a bit of self-love and didn't know how to fill my own cup as much as I was filling other people's. So I was really struggling with that. So I couldn't have written Born Great had I not gone through that. So it was like I was writing and I was practicing and accumulating all of this beautiful wisdom and then it was like it came out in one book mm. so and you know could I have written more god yeah absolutely but that was what this book was yeah. absolutely meant to be but I think so I think that's yeah. also a beautiful lesson in evolving and allowing
0: yourself to evolve throughout the journey you. through whether you have to whether your purpose is through writing whether it's through business like in any element like I don't believe that you can be you know I know we are born great but we need to go through to be able to, like I always like like to use the analogy around the diamonds, right? Like they're, yes. they're polished and it's something that doesn't just look like that straight away. Like they have to go through pressure. They
1: have to go through a process. Absolutely. So it is the thing is like born great is like you're born with that potential inside you. Yes. And your entire life journey is a journey of polishing, bringing that out, refining it, evolving it and developing it. And you'll discover that, um, you know, when I go all the way through like part three, there's actually, a piece in part three of Born Great where I talk about it. It's like you're born with it, but you have to develop yeah. it and you have to grow into your own success. Mm-hmm. Like this does not happen necessarily overnight um, and you will need to go through an immense immense journey. And when I look at the personal growth, like I, I look at my career, I go, that's great, achieve some stuff. <laughs> that's such a downplaying of what I've <laughs> yeah. done. I've had an amazing career. <laughs> I'll just catch myself. Yeah. But um, when I look at my personal growth parallel to that, blows my mind how... Um, I'll say this with uh, humbleness: How exquisite I am as a woman, and how deeply developed I am as a human, because of the amount of personal growth and, and the work that I put in. So I worked, I worked so hard to be sitting here, feeling and speaking and being this way. This was not like an accident; it didn't just randomly happen. I had to meet life like halfway and then some to actually lean into my own destiny. So to say I've gone through a process of transformation to reach this point here, to be even, to be able to write born great. I went through like hundreds of moments of transformation, breaking points, questioning everything. And that's what compounds it. That's what polishes the diamond and you, if you're not willing to do that, your greatness won't come out fully formed or you will be okay. But sometimes, you know, to to write something, like with Paul and Craig, it was points where I'm like, what if this whole thing is crap? And actually, that sounds like a a really negative thought, but it was a great question. It was a question of humility. It was like, okay, great. Is this, because sometimes I get drama queen, right? I I own that. (laughs) Drama queen, the whole thing is crap and it sucks and I'm terrible and I have no future as a writer and whatever. I go into drama queen and I go, I hate my whole book. And then like my mom or someone will go, What is bothering you specifically? And then one of the lessons I learned is like, it wasn't the whole book that I hated or I disliked. It was one little piece that was bothering me. And so I I learned to go, all right, have your bitch, have your whinge, and then tell me specifically what's bothering you. And I'd go, oh, actually, I'm just really not happy with that paragraph. Uh, Fix it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So then I would go and fix it. And that was the polishing process, right? So it actually led me to, hang on, you're having some soft doubt. What specifically is it about? Is is there actually any value to that? Because sometimes there is. And I like my inner perfectionist when she goes, this is not good enough. I'm like, all right, honey, how would you like it to be? And sometimes I go, you know what? You've got a great point. I'm going to change it. Mm -hmm. So that's all part of the refining process. You know, there's a personal growth to it. And, you know, there's a lot of work and refinement, like to write great sales copy, to package what you do to work out which business model you want to run, that takes time. Mm. And you don't just, you know, very rarely do that come out of the box, like perfectly formed.
0: Exactly. And I think that we've got to be mindful of, you know, I love that you've trained your inner critic and you're like talking to her and, and actually asking her opinion and acknowledging her rather than shutting oh, yeah. her down. She's awesome. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. She's awesome. People go, Oh, get rid of your inner fear and critic. I'm like, hell no. I love them. Like I love them because my inner critic is sometimes is my intuition in disguise. Yeah going, you know, this is, it was, you know, this, this needs to be better. Like, Oh, okay. Well actually. And then once I got my fragile ego that. out of the way, right. I was like, let me actually hear what you have to say. It was like, okay, tell me what you don't like. And I was like, actually you're freaking right. This is because my intuition will go, it's not going to work. It's like, that doesn't mean you're going to fail at it or you're not destined to do it. It just means there's something that needs to be improved. Yeah. And then I, and then I worked at it. I cannot tell you. I mean, I, I went to a spiritual reader. her uh, name is Jenny. She's amazing. And, uh, right as I'd finished Born Great, you know what, the first thing she said to me when she, she does like an auric reading, so she'll take a, an item, or like a piece of clothing, or she took my earrings and held them in her hand, and that's how she tunes into you, and the first thing she said basically in a nutshell was that I've had this taskmaster ego in my head that has been, get up, go, push, get up, go, push, and she said, you couldn't have written your book without her, but you don't need her now because the book is done, But I went, that is so true. And that was like that inner perfectionist. But also the part of me is like, I've written so many books and I know there's something freaking amazing inside me and I am not going to give up on myself. And sometimes that means being tough on myself. Mm. And sometimes it means being really gentle. And I needed to be tough because I knew I had it in me. And it was just a process of refinement and seven months of editing and a whole lot of work. And now at the end of it, I go, that was 100% worth it. Because my maturity and my personal growth through that process was huge. And now I'm ready for the next level of my greatness, whatever that is. But it's always been there. I mean, you know, I was writing when I was a kid. And that was an expression of my greatness at seven years old. And this is how it is at 32. And I'm sure at 42, it'll be different again.
0: (laughs) It will be. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm
1: sure it will be. I hope it is.
0: (laughs) And I love that because I think that, you know, some people go, well, and someone comments, oh, you've
1: changed. I'm like, great. I really bloody hope that I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, good. I worked for this. <laughs> yeah, so true. I love that. Wow, you've grown so much in the last like year or whatever. And I'm like, fabulous. Good. That means I'm on track.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So oh. I'd love to know, was there any advice that you were given throughout the journey of writing Born Great that you'd love to impart on others?
1: Great question. One of my greatest lessons in writing this book that I got reminded of in different ways through different people was to focus on who I'm doing it for. So, and it's a great lesson around greatness, actually. So, <clears throat> I dedicated the book to a very dear friend of mine who's in Pakistan, um, Lareb, and she appeared in my life during the writing of the book. And as it turned out, I mean, she's 20, 21 years old, she became like my target reader. And I just, we just kind of fell in love. We just became such good friends so quickly. And so she was a real source of inspiration for me in writing the book. And so whenever I would have doubts, she would basically remind me like, you know, keep going and she'd give me encouragement. But then one day I remember saying to her, like, I'm really questioning it. Like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, this is too much, whatever. And she said to me, you have an obligation to pass on what you've learned to the younger generations. Like, whoa, like it was such a, it was a beautiful loving punch in the jaw. It was like, you know, hey, uh, you're focusing on the wrong thing. And so this has been such a powerful, and it's kind of like an indirect piece of advice. She was basically saying, get over yourself. <laughs> get over yourself. Because sometimes we're, we're in our own way. And so that actually stops our greatness from coming out. It's kind of like a double-edged thing. It's like a dynamic that's going on. It's like, we're actually too focused on ourselves and not focused enough on who, are, who we can help. And so we're tripping ourselves up like all the time. And what's interesting is that, so when she said that to me, I remember that. I was like, okay, I'm in, like, I'm, I'm got to do this. I absolutely have to do that. And this helped me to get beyond myself. And I found that that principle of focusing outwardly instead of always focusing so much inwardly. Like if you focus just on you, you can pick holes in yourself all day, all day long. In fact, I could list out probably 50 things and go, I don't like this about me, I could change that, blah, blah, blah. But I don't focus on that stuff very much. It's like the reason for that is because I have so much other stuff going for me, and why, why would I not focus on using that to help others? And so that principle has been incredibly profound for me in helping me to get stuff done. And to actually move forward. And I think that if I hadn't had that, I probably, possibly, maybe, would have had moments where I would have really considered giving up on Born Great. But then I was like, I can't not do this. This is too important. What if future generations get a hold of this? And what's, what's interesting is that, and this is a little heavy, is that during Lareb and I having friendship and me writing the book, a student at her university suicided at school, like at on university campus. She was like 20 or 21 years old. God. And this compounded, I was a bit heavy, um, compounded for me the importance of what LaReb had said. It was like, there's young people waiting for this and you, you, you have a duty to fulfill, and do it. And so what's interesting is that that advice also helped me after I finished the book because we released it just before Christmas. And then so people were getting the book. My first round of readers were getting the book over Christmas break, which meant that I was kind of offline um, and everyone else was reading the book. So there was a period of like two weeks where I had no feedback from anybody. And it was really hard. It was like, oh my God, maybe I've written crap and they're just being polite and they don't want to tell me they hate it. You know, it's like, oh my God. And I questioned myself so much. And then I was doing a meditation and uh, I just had this beautiful message, like, I don't know, come from my soul or God, if you will. And it was like, you're focusing on the wrong thing. (laughs) Focus on the people that you wrote it for. And literally that day, I got a raving review that actually didn't get sent to me. It got sent to someone who'd given her the book and she said, I cannot stop reading this. This book is changing my life. It's exactly what I needed. I'm going to write to Emily when I'm finished reading. And of course me, I'm bawling, right? Because the moment we focus in the right direction, everything flows. So I was too focused on the inside. I was focused on me and I was like feeling small. And I was focused on my smallness instead of focused on my greatness, which is how can I use what's in me to, to help other people? Mm-hmm. So I think the biggest piece of advice is that sometimes we are literally too much, we're too much focused on ourselves and not focused enough on what we have that could could serve others. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know ever any more fulfilling way to live than to use my gifts to help others. I I haven't found anything that even comes close to that in terms of its meaning and reward. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what would you like readers to walk away with? Oh, a glimpse of their destiny. If I could ask for anything, they got tears in my eyes, (laughs) uh, a glimpse of their destiny, something so clear, like a moment with their soul, something so clear that they just know what to do next. And if that's a big step that, changes the whole course of their life or if it's a small step that moves them in the direction of that then I feel like I've done my job but that's what I want is like I want them to read and at some point either in between reading sessions or while reading it to have a real moment of union with their own soul and from that space go yes I've got this inside me and I know what to do next that's what I want
0: mm, absolutely bam
1: right there <laughs> <laughs> full stop hit publish <laughs> yeah. So,
0: yeah. where can people buy it
1: so, the best place to go is either Amazon. So, you just go amazon.com and look up Born Great by Emily Gower, or you can go to my website, emilygower.com. Beautiful. And where do you hang out most on socials? Uh, Facebook and Instagram. So, I do post a lot on my personal profile. Uh, increasingly on my page, but also Instagram as well. Beautiful. Well, I would love to share a copy of the book with
0: somebody who leaves a review on the podcast, who listens to this episode and just shares with us what you took away from it. And I'm going to gift you with a book and I'd love for you to share it with us. So even if you take a screenshot of the review, post it on socials and then tag, make sure you tag me and, and Emily. So then Emily gets to see it as well. And I'll make sure that I share it across to her as well. So then she can hear what you took away from this episode. But I want to thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today and sharing your heart and your soul with us Mm. and just lastly what I would love to know is what you're excited for in 2020
1: I'm excited about writing funnily enough (laughs) excited about writing I'm excited about writing um but writing a whole lot of like shorter pieces articles and sharing my heart more broadly because you know it was all about the book in 2019 and 2018 it was all about the book And so now it's about sharing broadly and meeting new people and sharing, you know, sharing the book and having conversations about greatness. And this is what I'm excited about. This is what's firing me up. It's now the the broad sharing of that and meeting so many more people. That's what I'm excited about.
0: Oh, amazing. I'm excited for that too. Thank you so much for sharing your greatness with us today. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Next Level Life podcast. I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode so please share with me on instagram and facebook and if you feel so moved please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it looking forward to speaking with you next week and here's to taking your life
1: to the next level